we're back on One True Podcast. Alongside me, as always, is my good friend, John Warner. Johnny, how are we doing today? Hey, Bryce. Good, good, man. Good. Good to have Jenny on. Yes, we've got Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman. Uh, Jenny was just telling us that uh, since 99, she's been writing stuff for the Oklahoman uh, long before the Thunder even were around. I outlasted Bob Stoops. I did not think that would happen after he got on that role. I was like, he's just going to be here until you know, forever, you know, and I figured there would come a time when he would outlast me. Lo and behold, I outlasted him. <laughs> yeah, I outlasted Kim Mulkey, and I never thought that would happen. So. <laughs> I thought she'd put me in the grave, but... <laughs> Uh, moving on, uh, Jenny, thanks for coming on with us. So guys, the, uh, the big 12 serves up a pretty good game, uh, this Saturday in Stillwater top 25 matchup unbeaten teams, uh, number 21 Baylor will travel up to Stillwater to play number 19, Oklahoma state, though our man, John Warner here picked, Baylor's upset over Iowa State last week. How about that? Well, as Tom Petty says, even the losers get lucky sometimes. (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, It was still eye-opening for a lot of us. Um, Meanwhile, Oklahoma State has a pretty good resume. Road win over Boise State. And last week, uh, the Cowboys dispatched Kansas State. That was a ranked K-State team, 31 to 20. So for you two, I mean, who's the more surprising team here? And, you know, does that more surprising team win on Saturday? I mean, who's going to, who's going to, who do you like in this game? Jenny, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know, probably I would say the more surprising team is Baylor. Um, You know, obviously a year ago was a big struggle. Um, You know, COVID years, I mean, you kind of have to, consider that everybody was dealing with a lot of craziness and unexpected twists and turns, but, you know, obviously that it was a struggle for the bears. And so I think the fact that, you know, beating Kansas, no surprise there. I'm a Kansas grad. I can say with a clear conscience, <laughs> everybody beats Kansas, but um, yeah, but then to, 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 to beat Iowa state, which, you know, I, I think that's pretty clear that the cyclones have got, I don't know what the issues are, but, you know, to really, not be competitive against Iowa a few weeks ago. Um, you sort of sense that something might be amiss, but um, obviously that's a, that's a good win for Baylor. I mean, to hold them off in the end, um, I, I thought that was really impressive. So I'm, I'm much more surprised by Baylor. Oklahoma State, the way they've gotten to 4-0 has been a little bit weird, uh, <laughs> but I, I would say as far as the fact that they are both 4-0, I would say Baylor is the more surprising one to me. I've got Oklahoma State winning. I like the fact that they're at home. I think what they did in the first half against K-State was more reminiscent of what we thought we might see the entire first four games. You know, why we haven't, we can talk about that. But I think it showed that they might start to be coming into their own, and yet they figured out ways to win uh, without that being their way every game up until that point. So um, I got Oklahoma State, but I think it's a heck of an inter- interesting matchup on Saturday. Yeah, Johnny, how about you? Yeah, I got to say, I did not expect a top 25 matchup (laughs) going into this season, uh, this weekend. Uh, Yeah, I think Baylor has been the more surprising team, although uh, uh, Oklahoma State winning at Boise State is very impressive. 
Um, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State in this game. I've covered about 11 games, I think, up in Stillwater. I have yet to see Baylor win. Yeah, so this is an interesting little nugget, Jenny. Uh, so, John, as the beat writer, uh, Baylor has won twice there, Johnny, right? 15 and 19. And both times I made that trip solo because John, uh, he, well, one time he was in the hospital. That's a pretty good excuse. Uh, and the other time your mother-in-law passed away, right? Yes. Johnny? Yeah. Yes. So I was, I was flying solo. And so that pretty much clinches since we're both going on Saturday that uh, Oklahoma State's going to win. <laughs> I'm a I'm a pretty incredible jinx for them <laughs> in, in this matchup in Stillwater. Yeah, yeah. Does, we, Dave, does Dave Aranda have any ability to pay you off, John, and keep you <laughs> Well, if he watches this podcast, he might try that. Yeah, exactly. No that's exactly no right. Yeah, I mean, we I, I mean that's a great point. And the, and Baylor has taken some really good teams to Stillwater. I mean, we saw Robert Griffin the third, who will be in the box calling the game on TV on Saturday. We saw him up there, I believe, in his Heisman season even. Mm. And Oklahoma State, which they were good that year, but they weren't as good as they have been in some other years. They just dismantled Baylor that year. So that was uh, – yeah, there have been some surprising results in Stillwater for the Bears, and I'm not sure – I'm not sure you can pin that on any one thing. Um, but I do think Oklahoma State has got a really good defense. I mean, it's, mm. it's so weird in this state, in Oklahoma – to have both teams re- leaning, leaning on their defenses for years. That has not been the case <laughs> at either school. Right. And here they are both doing it. But I, I, Oklahoma State's defense, they've had some injuries. They're missing some pieces. And yet they just continue to play really solid defense. And I think that's a good winning, uh, winning strategy in the Big 12 right now is to have a good defense. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because the matchup is so surprising, would I be surprised at a, a, a Baylor win on Saturday? No, but I do think that Oklahoma State's defense is, um, they, they just seem capable of handling a lot of things right now. Uh, yeah, let me add this. Um, RG3 was 0-3 up there. None of the games are close, but that was not as memorable as Bryce Petty tripping over the five-yard line. Yeah. Five yard, over the five-yard line, a wide-open field in front of him. And it went downhill from there. That was a great Baylor team, and it went straight downhill. Yeah, yeah. Baylor fans certainly won't forget about that. <laughs> uh, the turf monster got petty on that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, we're all in agreement here, which pretty much clinches that Baylor's probably going to win. But, uh, Jenny, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the Cowboys. So, it, to me, it has always seemed like a very – unique marriage with Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State there. Um, he's obviously an OSU guy, former quarterback, handed a, off the ball a lot to Barry Sanders. Um, you know, he's the second longest tenured coach in the Big 12 behind Gary Patterson at TCU. And, you know, Oklahoma State hasn't missed a bowl game since his first year there. They've had some really good teams. But there always just seems to be this little undercurrent of unrest, uh, you know, <laughs> a little some controversy, you know, occasionally as well. Um, Does it feel like we're due for that again at Oklahoma State? Like, I mean, this is the time. <laughs> Who 
knows? Gives y'all something to write about. Uh, so how is he kind of viewed among Oklahoma State fans? And does he need a, like a second Big 12 championship to get a little more leeway up there? I do think there, uh, there are definitely a lot of folks that would like to see Oklahoma State just get to the championship game in the Big 12. I mean, they haven't made a championship game since it returned to, you know, being played in the Big 12. And you look at all the teams that have. I mean, Baylor's been there, TCU, Texas, Iowa State. Um, you know, the list of teams, obviously Oklahoma is the mainstay on the other side of the ledger. ledger but Oklahoma State, even with some really good teams, uh, you think back to the year that Mason Rudolph, James Washington came back, they really felt like that was going to be a team that could contend for a championship in, in the Big 12. And then who knows? You know, you, you see what happens after uh, Big 12 play. But that that didn't materialize. That team, you know, sort of fail, failure to launch. Um, so I think getting to Arlington is it would be a huge step. Uh, for this program, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that to suggest that Mike Gundy's job is in jeopardy or anything like that. I think that uh, it's pretty clear that uh, his new bosses, uh, Mike Holder, the athletic director, retiring in July, uh, uh, Bern Targus, the university president, retiring at the same time. So new president uh, in Casey Shrum, new AD and Chad Weiberg. Both of them have voiced very strong support for Mike Gundy. So I don't think that there's any reason to think that they are uh, put off by him. But there are definitely Oklahoma State fans that, you know, you talk about never a dull moment, you know, that a lot of that goes back to Mike Gundy, Um, you know, whether it was the rant uh, 14 years ago, whether it was the situation with Chuba Hubbard and all the players on social media summer ago, um, you know, there's whether and even if it's just been times that he's seemingly played footsie with other schools, including Baylor. He played footsie with Baylor at one point. Not not that that's bad, but, you know, he's, it was SEC teams for a while and then he even did it in the conference. So, um, you know, it's just, I think, I think it's maybe not anything giant, but I do think there have been, uh, you know, things that if you're, um, if you, if you talk to OSU fans, some will put more weight than others on those things. Um, if you talk to some of the um, bigger money boosters, the decision makers, I think there was definitely a faction, especially last year when um, the Chuba Hubbard uh, near player revolt happened, that I think there were some people that said, you know what, we love the way that this program has won, has won consistently, but there are just too many times that Oklahoma State football is in the national spotlight for reasons that make people go, what in the heck is going on over there? So I think there was definitely a time, uh, Barry Trammell, other columnist, wrote about it at the time. There was definitely a stretch where Mike Gundy's job was not assured. And it wasn't because of anything in the win-loss column. It was that factor. So it is a very interesting relationship he has with OSU fans. Um, you know, there's no doubt that nobody else has been any more successful on the field than Gundy's teams. I mean, they they won at a, at a clip that, you know, it'll take a long time for anybody to surpass that they've, you know, come ahead at a time that, you know, they could have easily fallen behind and instead of made great strides. So there's a lot, if you're an OSU fan to like about what he's done, but there's definitely also some things I think that have stuck in people's craw and they're not too happy about. Yeah, no doubt. Well, to those OSU fans, I would say, be careful what you wish for when you think about like Texas and Mac Brown, maybe, uh, you know, that's been kind of a, 
uh, an adventure ever since Mac left. Now, maybe Mac didn't bring the controversy that Gundy does, but uh, I will also say this, you know, I think Gundy was on the cutting edge of the rebirth of the mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're like actually seeing people walking around with it now. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I know, I know you're, you're you're joking in a way, but the truth is, is that one of the things that I think maybe gets overlooked kind of by his somewhat goofiness sometimes is that he, he is kind of cutting edge in a lot of ways. I mean, OSU, they've, they've, they've pioneered some things or, or sort of leaned into some things that other people haven't when it comes to, I mean, even like a couple of years ago, they, they sort of leaned into sleep technology, like uh, how much sleep do you guys get? How does that affect performance and, and those sorts of things? Um, you know, everybody obviously, and this is a small thing, but everybody obviously uses those giant boards on the sidelines to signal in plays. That was an OSU thing that mm. started in Stillwater. So there've been a lot of things. I mean, even like taking rules and kind of pushing the edge of rules. Um, you'll see, I'm sure it'll happen on Saturday when the offense subs out and the defense has a chance to sub in OSU is they they do this to a T they wait until the very last minute. And then their defensive lineman who's subbing out slowly makes his way towards the sideline. It's not until he gets there that his replacement slowly makes his way towards his spot. And of course the referees just standing there waiting until they're, you know, ready to go. I've seen teams had to take timeouts take delay of game penalties. I mean, stuff like that, that Oklahoma State's just trying to find ways to, you know, be at the forefront of as many different areas as they can, because, you know, they know they don't have some of the tradition, uh, you know, that some schools can draw on. They don't, they don't have some of those inherent things that, uh, you know, an OU, a Texas, uh, you know, USC, whoever you want to throw out there, sort of those traditional powerhouses, whether they're up or down right now is another question, but, you know, they're fighting against some of that. So they've really always tried to be, I think, on the forefront or for a long time on the forefront of some of those things in college football. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that other Oklahoma uh, team. Um, it's no real big shocker that they're sitting undefeated as well uh, as OSU and Baylor. Um, but it hasn't been all sunshine and lollipops in Norman, uh, certainly not for Spencer Rattler. Uh, saw that he uh, faced some booze last week in that West Virginia game. Uh, some chance of we want Caleb. Uh, I guess uh, the, the red shirt freshman Caleb Williams there. So, Jenny, you're around this team a lot, too. Do you expect Lincoln Riley to to uh, stick with Rattler? And, and do you think there's a segment of OU fans that would like to see Tanner Mordecai back in town? Probably. Yes. After he threw what seven touchdowns for SMU, there's probably people who are like, see, Lincoln <laughs> Riley doesn't know anything about quarterbacks. Forget those two Heisman trophies and all those guys starting in the league. We don't believe in him after all. What have um, you done for me lately? Exactly right. Now I, there's definitely discontent amongst OU fans, no doubt about it. And sort of in the same way, I'm surprised that at the way OSU has gotten to 4-0, I'm surprised the way OU has gotten to 4-0. I expected them to be 4-0, but I didn't think it would be with uh, you know, a 16-13 win against West Virginia, a 23-16 win against Nebraska. I mean, these are scores that we've seen, you know, or haven't seen for, I mean, I don't know, in the Big 12 hasn't happened for years and years and years. SEC is a little more used to it, but 
that doesn't happen around here very often. So um, that's that is a that is a surprise, and it's not sitting well with a lot of OU fans. Even though this defense that they've got is playing great, I mean, this is the defense that OU fans have wanted for years. So it's a question of do you like winning games forty four forty one or sixteen <laughs> thirteen? Right. So I, I think as it relates to Spencer Rattler, yes, he's drawing a lot of the criticism, but really their biggest offensive question mark is their offensive line. Um, you know, it, it, when I think about the list of offensive issues, you got to go down a little ways before I get to Spencer Rattler. I know he's an easy target when you're a fan sitting in the stands. I understand that, but it's the offensive line that I think is really the, the thing holding up this offense right now. Can they give Rattler enough time to find receivers? Can they give Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, two running backs that seem fairly talented, can they give them enough room to actually operate? Um, you know, lost Creed Humphrey to the, to the NFL. He's now starting in Kansas City, so obviously a huge loss there. Um, at center, no less. So you're replacing him couple other guys that were on that line a year ago that are not. And I think they're just the, – the weird thing is, is that OU's offensive line coach, Bill Beatonbow, is not one to throw a lot of rose petals on anybody's path. He's always very, you know, critical, um, always, you know, what, what more can we improve on? And in the, in the preseason camp, uh, I think he talked maybe just once, if he – no more than twice – but essentially was all this talk about how great this line looks, how he felt like this could be an offensive line like they had a few years ago. 2018 was what he referenced. That was a line with Cody Ford, who's now in Buffalo, uh, Ben Powers, who's now in, in uh, Baltimore, on and on down the, the line. Just a great offensive line. And yet they come out and they just can't seem to find a rotation that they like, that is effective. Um, they've struggled in both the pass game and the run game. So until they get some stuff figured out there, I just think this offense is going to be in a little bit of a um, muck and mire until they can run or give the quarterback, whoever it is, a chance to see his receivers. Yeah. Turns out an O-line makes a difference, doesn't it, John? We've seen that at Baylor this year. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen some bad ones the last few years. Uh, But, yeah, this one is – Looks pretty good. Yeah, they, it's much improved. Much and, improved. Uh, Iowa State, they obviously they didn't play quite as well against them, but that's the first uh, good defense they've really seen. And, uh, you know, they still did okay. They, they need to do better, though. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, so, Jenny, you know, we are selfish around here, and we like, you know, we like to think about our stomachs. <laughs> uh, we usually try to close with talking about food. So, you know, John awesome. and I have been up there to Stillwater lots of times uh, and it's a long drive, you know, uh, but it makes it worth it when you get that hideaway pizza. So nice. yeah. What is someplace that's like off our radar that we need to like check out in Stillwater? Well, you know, I, uh, I am, because we drive in and drive out regularly, I'm, I don't eat a lot in Stillwater, but I am told by my coworkers that there's a Thai food restaurant in Stillwater that is off the charts good. Mm. And I was, as you were talking about food, I decided I would double check myself. And I think it's Thai loco, but okay. it might also be Thai cafe. So before 
Baylor fans, if you're going, before you make any decisions, tweet at one of our OSU writers, either Jacob Unruh or Scott Wright, and ask them which one it is because there's a definite favorite amongst the, uh, amongst the writers who are in Stillwater a little more often and maybe have to eat every once in a while. But there's a Thai place up there that I'm told is really, really good. Wow. You wouldn't think Stillwater, Oklahoma and Thai food. But... I know. I know. It's not exactly... <laughs> It's not exactly the natural, but uh, yeah, I'm not telling you to go have seafood in Oklahoma or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> it's so close to the coast. Hey, no. Thank you, Jenny. No, no, we, we I won't, I won't Thanks do anything. For that tip. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jenny, uh, thanks again for hopping on with us. Uh, we'll see you up there. Are you going to be at that one, or are you going to be at OU? I am going with OU this week to Kansas State, but we'll definitely keep an eye because the K-State uh, OU game is a 2.30 kickoff, and so then evening game for, uh, for, for Baylor and OSU. So I will definitely be keeping an eye because, uh, you know, curious to see what happens. Even though I'm picking the Cowboys, I really have no idea. I think it's going to yeah. be a heck of a game. Well, I'm sure our paths will cross again before the Sooners, you know, bolt for the SEC. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Jenny, and- we'll, we'll avoid the seafood. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And oh, by the way, OSU and Baylor, you know, Big 12 brethren to the end. So we're now living in both the SEC and the Big 12 around here. Right. I'm actually I'm okay with, to be honest with you. I mean, I hope that this I hope the rivalry between the two survives. But the fact that we got some new places to go explore some teams to to see play. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, John and I were uh, the same way when uh, we we were actually rooting for um, Memphis and Tulane to join the uh, the Big Twelve, and you can figure out why. There. And it wasn't for football, really. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I may know as many good places to eat in those two places as I do in Stillwater. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well. Uh, Thanks again, and uh, enjoy, enjoy your game on Saturday, and uh, and we'll see you down the road. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Jenny.